You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Hamtramck Stadium is one of the few remaining Negro League ballparks standing in America. And now there is an effort underway to restore the playing field in advance of a planned restoration of its grandstand next year. Of course, you can't talk about Hamtramck Stadium without talking about the Detroit Stars, which were Detroit's Negro League team. And you can't talk about the Stars without talking about one of its greatest players, Norman Turkey Stearns. Joining me now to talk more about what's going on with Hamtramck Stadium is Rosalind Stearns-Brown. She is the daughter of Turkey Stearns. Uh, also with us is Gary Gillette. He is a Detroit boy, a Detroit-based baseball historian and president and founder of Friends of Historic Hamtramck Stadium. Gary, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate yeah. the time. Here. Uh, so, Rosalind, let's start with you. Uh, Turkey Stearns, one of my favorite historic baseball figures here in the city of Detroit. You are wearing a Detroit Stars jersey that I can't see the back of, but I imagine maybe it's a it's a Stearns jersey. Uh, it is. Uh, um, who, for those who don't know, tell us who your father was. Okay, my dad was one of the greatest baseball players, well, we think that ever lived <laughs> and he played baseball with the Negro Leagues and he played on all most of the uh, Negro League ball teams but the more prominent ones were the Detroit Stars and Kansas City Monarchs and dad most people don't realize he was a very conservative person he, and some would say that he was kind of shy <laughs> and he there are some great stories about him dad uh, he he loved education he always encouraged younger players the uh, strive for educational goals, and uh, and the stories I've heard about him. Not, I just hate that I never got to see him play. That's one of my regrets. <laughs> you were too young. To... Yes, and the stories that we heard with him and Satchel Paige. You know, Satchel Paige would come and visit my dad, and uh, when he was traveling with the Harlem Globetrotters, and they would sit on the porch and talk about the things that they did in the Negro League baseball, and we didn't realize at the time that we were listening to history, so we should have been recording that, but we didn't. But he was an awesome player, and he was an awesome dad, too. Yeah. One of my fondest memories of my father is he would uh, he was, he was always on time for everything. You could set your clock by him. <laughs> and, he, and he was always, whenever we missed him, we knew where he was. He, he was one of the avid fans of the Detroit Tigers. He always went to every Detroit Tigers home game. And when he passed... Uh, Ernie Harnwell made an announcement that the Tigers have probably won, lost one of their most favorite fans, Norman Turkey Stern. And wow. we didn't ask him to do that. He just did that. He just did it. And we thought that was a tr- tremendous tribute to my dad. Yeah. And we wish dad had been here to hear that. <laughs> and I'm just glad that all the things that are going on for Hamtramck Stadium and for the Negro League ballplayers are happening now. You know, it didn't happen in his time, but... It's better late. I always say it's better late than never. Right, right. So they're getting the rec- some of the recognition that they deserve. Uh, so Gary, uh, put Turkey Stearns in historical context in terms of the importance of not just the Detroit Stars, but this stadium that we are now going to try to restore. Well, Stearns was a great ball player. I mean, the analogy I use, he was like a left-handed hitting Willie Mays. Hmm. He hit for power. He hit for average. It's Negro League stats aren't exact, but you could say he had a career batting average of about 350. 
He led the league in home runs six or seven times. In the major leagues, he probably would have hit over 300 with 30 to 40 home runs a year. He also was a fast base runner, a good outfielder. He played center field with good range, and he had the arm to play right field. So, like I said, sort of like left-hand hitting Willie Mays. He was one of the top three or four sluggers in Negro League Baseball, and that includes Josh Gibson. Um, many people think he was he is one of the greatest home run hitters of all time, black or white, and I agree with that. He played in Detroit um, from 1920 to 19, excuse me, 1923 to 1931. He started his professional career in 1920 in Nashville, came to Detroit in 23 to play for the Stars, played here until 31. Uh, the Stars played in Hamtramck in 1930 and 31 uh, after they moved from the east side of Detroit. A, uh, an old ballpark called Mack Park, no longer there. It's just a block or two away from the Jefferson North Assembly Plant uh, site. And Stearns played professionally until he was 45, although in the 40s he was playing mostly with uh, minor league teams. He was a, a great ball player, uh, a good man. Uh, it's almost impossible to find anyone to say a bad word about him uh, in all the literature I read and all the years he played ball. He was very quiet, which is why I think his reputation is not as good as it should be. Hmm. Uh, he also, while he did play for the Stars, he played for the Kansas City Monarchs, Chicago American Giants, and also for the Philadelphia Stars. Uh, but he's most identified with Detroit, and again, that sort of hurts his reputation a bit because it wasn't one. Of, it was a big market in the Negro Leagues, but not. It wasn't Philadelphia, or Kansas City, or Chicago, which were bigger markets. Um, so he's an interesting, interesting guy. He spent 27 years after his baseball career working at the Rouge, uh, and retired from there. As Rosalind said, he was a faithful Tigers fan. He would sit in the center field bleachers where some of the old black ball players would sit and watch the game from there. Mm. Uh, so we're trying to restore Hamtramck Stadium uh, a year ago uh, using funds from an African-American civil rights grant the city of Hamtramck got. There was a report on restoring it. The estimated price tag was $18 million. That is not just restoration of the grandstand. That also includes building new space there, community space. Lights, subsurface drainage, uh, completely new field. That's beyond us at this point, but what we can do is raise the funds to restore the field so you can play baseball and soccer and cricket games on there. Right now, the field is mowed, uh, but it's not striped. There's no base paths. The pitcher's mound is just a little hump with weeds on it. Mm. There's a cricket pitch there, and kids in Hamtramck do practice cricket, but the field is not suitable for games. The turf is not... Uh, the grass is not even out. There are low spots. It's, mar it's you know, soggy in places. So uh, working with the uh, former Navenfields ground crew, now the Hamtramck Stadium's ground, grounds crew, we're going to uh, provide the money for them to restore the field for use this year for baseball, soccer, and cricket while we're waiting for major funding to come through to renovate Hamtramck Stadium. Hmm. Uh, and you've gotten a little bit of a boost from Jack White, a native Detroiter who's uh, committed $10,000 to get this That's right. started. We're, we're uh, announcing our fundraising campaign this morning. In fact, this is the uh, announcement on air, although uh, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation may have issued a press release by now. MEDC provides matching funds for their community places, Community Spaces Public Places mm -hmm. uh, program. So if we reach our goal of $50,000, they will match it with another $50,000, which is tremendous. And so um, the 
MEDC is supporting our efforts. Comerica Bank has supported our efforts in the past. Right now, we're using Comerica Bank money to do a completely new website, which will tell the story not just of Hamtramck Stadium and the Friends of Historic Hamtramck Stadium, but also of the black baseball in the Negro Leagues in Detroit. Wow. Uh, uh, Roslyn, I wonder if you can talk just a little about <clears throat> whether your dad um, ex- ever expressed uh, regret over not being able to play in the MLB. I know a lot of the Negro League players did. I mean, they missed the the, the window uh, after after the fifties and early sixties when uh, when they started to allow uh, black players. Did he ever talk about that? No, that was uh, one of the amazing things about him and the rest of the Negro League ball players. They didn't have any resentment. They weren't bitter about what happened to them. And just imagine what they went through because segregation was alive and kicking at that time. Yes. And they had to endure a lot of hardships. But they managed to do, and I, I say all the time, they did it for the love of the game. They got paid. It, and that was one of the better jobs in that time that was to play baseball because you make more money doing that than you would, you know, as a grocery store clerk or whatever. And But they didn't show any resentment. They loved what they were doing, and they did it well, and they were just happy that, that they could follow their passions and, and live their dreams in spite of what was going on there. Mm, yeah, go ahead. Go. If I can say, Stephen, I think you're actually both right. Um, Rosalind is right in that. The, most of the Negro Leaguers, when you read their memoirs and you listen to uh, them when they were older or you see that when they were interviewed in their prime, most of those guys didn't express resentment. Buck O'Neill, who became famous via Ken Burns' baseball series in the mid-'90s, Buck O'Neill's biography was called I Was Right on Time, not that <laughs> I was too early. And they, they were remarkably um, stand-up men and did mm-hmm. not uh, spend their lives bitter or resentful. There was, however, a generation of guys who were still playing when, the, when baseball was integrated after Jackie Robinson. Many of those guys could have played in the majors but weren't given the chance because there was an unwritten rule that, like, if you're over 30, we're not going to take you <laughs> or we're only going to take two black players per club or four black players. Those are the guys, I think, who are bitter because they could still play. There was an opportunity for them to play. We had integration but they weren't allowed to play. And yeah. those are the guys, I think, who in later years were very, very bitter. Yeah. Uh, we've only got about 30 seconds left, but uh, Rosalind, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that I saw a, a tidbit about your dad that he and Barry Gordy Jr. ended up working on the same assembly line at some point. Yeah, uh, they worked at the Fort Rouge plant. At the Rouge, yes. yeah. I mean, that, I, I think that really says a lot about Detroit and how small it is, uh, but also how in the African-American community at that time, uh, you you sort of came across everybody because of uh, the things that people had to do uh, to to earn a living. Yeah, we were more together then than we are now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a really interesting uh, trivia note there. Okay, uh, Gary Gillette and Rosalind Stearns-Brown, thanks very much. For uh, for joining us here on Detroit today, and good luck Thanks. with uh, the restoration. It's a really important project. People can find the uh, link to our fundraising campaign on the WDET website. They can. Yeah. Yes. Thanks. Okay. Thank uh, you for having us. Absolutely. That's going to do it for me today. I'm going to be back tomorrow, and I hope you will too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. I'll speak with you later. <laughs>